The most important thing is that you have a vision, that you have a goal. Because without that vision and without that goal, again, you're drifting around and you're never going to end up anywhere. People don't become successful just by accident. You're going to get your ass kicked, we're going to get the shit kicked out of us. You got to get up, you got to have faith that the one thing you wanted to happen, oftentimes is the best thing that never happened. So have faith, just keep that in mind, keep plugging away. Never accept the limitations of someone else. Somebody told you that it's impossible. Don't even try. Give up before you even fucking try it for yourself. Never accept the goddamn limitation that someone else has placed upon you. And now, fitnessinformant.com presents the Iron Union Podcast. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the newly rebranded Iron Union Podcast. I am your host, fitness informant founder and CEO, Fit Butters founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye. Uh, I changed the name of the podcast, although Be Informed, Live Fit was you know, the mantra of fitness informant. I believe Iron Union, it, it, it encompasses what we're about. We're a union of like-minded individuals striving to achieve, to become better versions of ourselves every single day through, you know, gym, diet, supplements. And I want to cover the fitness industry. I went to the Olympia this year and I covered the Olympia for the first time ever uh, as a media company. And I think all things, you know, that's fitness informant, you know, all things that are attached to FI should be should be consistent, and I think Iron Union is a much better naming convention for what we talk about, and today we bring in John Meadows. Now, John is a friend of mine, first and foremost, and I, I appreciate his friendship. He's a genuine human being, just a good person, and not only that, he is an Olympia-winning coach, Sean Clarita, Missy, uh, Terrence Griffin took second. He's got a skill set like not many. Uh, he's very wise in terms of fitness and nutrition and exercise, and obviously he owns Grand Supplements, and he's a silent partner in Iron Rebel. So a lot going on for John. It was a pleasure to bring him into the show and be the first guest of the newly rebranded Iron Union podcast. The next guest will be the 212 champion himself, Sean Clarita. So going to bring you guys some pretty epic hard-hitting guests here to the Iron Union podcast. And uh, if you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or watching via our YouTube channel, we greatly appreciate it. Make sure you check out John all of his social channels and Grant Supplements as well. Make sure you check out our website, fitnessinformer.com. If you have not had my Fitbitters, you are missing out. Getting a pack of those fitbutters.com today. I'm going to step aside and let John Meadows and me and the conversation that we had about life, about training, about fitness, take over your airstreams, take over your airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the man himself, Mountain Dog, John Meadows. Strength isn't a slogan. You want to win this year? Yes, you What time is it? Get What time is it? Get it's not an image you find on billboards or the big screen. It's never been about any of that. It's all around you, in everyday moments, just waiting to be unleashed. Strength is the knowledge that inside you lies anything you've ever wanted to be. The confidence that your failures never define you. 
and the passion and purpose to drive beyond any limits placed upon you. When you call upon it, strength embraces you, challenges you, pulls you back up, no matter how many times you fall. It compels you to draw on courage, resilience, intensity, and hope, and expects your very best to help others find theirs. True strength demands you build more than muscle, not in pursuit of a personal best, but a better tomorrow for everyone. of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education. Willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. use some help getting fired up and ready to crush your workouts pulses for you it is a 100 natural pre-workout supplement that gives you a surge of smooth energy and focus bigger and better pumps and more strength endurance and power pulse is also naturally sweetened and flavored and contains no artificial food dyes fillers or other unnecessary junk so order now and get ready to feel focused powerful and tireless in your workouts 
John Meadows. I, you know, in the past, I could introduce you as like Mountain Dog and all these cool little nicknames, but this is, I'm, I'm excited. I get to finally introduce you as Olympia winning coach, John Meadows. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's all right, I guess. It's all right, I guess. I mean, you, it, it, for those, most people that get the chance to experience and watching you live in Orlando, you were on the edge of your seat, John. You were a fan. For, first and foremost, but as a coach and somebody who was close to, some, you know, like Missy, Sean Clarita, Terrence, all these guys, like you were on the edge of your seat waiting for those results. I was. I'm not going to lie. I was. Not, not to <laughs> mention, was... like, let's talk about what ha- the, the clusterfuck that happened with Missy being called the runner up. And, and like, I look back and you're up on your feet and you're like, get it right. What, what happened? What happened there? Did we ever find out like what actually went wrong? Um, no, no. And like, just to put that into even more perspective. So if you remember, uh, Shanique went before Missy Mm -hmm. and, uh, Shanique was in second and I thought Shanique was going to win. So I was, you know, I was feeling pretty down about that. And then Missy, I thought did really well prejudging. She did a phenomenal routine. You know, she jumped off the cage and now what going into that show, she said, well, I've got two returning champions a two-time champion, a four-time champion. So I'm going to do some stuff that I don't think anybody else can do. Yeah. So she really went for it. I mean, she put together a routine that was, if you were there, it was really amazing. And so when I thought, once she did that routine and nailed it, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's going to win. And then when she got announced second, I was like, oh man, I just went down to dumps even further. Mm-hmm. And then it corrected and it turns out, I think she won by seven points, but, um, so then I was happy, and then Terrence came out, and Terrence, I thought, well, he's probably going to be third. But I told him after prejudging, I said, there's a lot of poses that you beat Breon in. He was very surprised. He's like, really think so? I said, yeah, I'm not saying you're going to beat him, but I think there was a lot of poses that you beat him in. I think this is closer between you two than other people are giving the credit. So then when they came out for the finals, I thought he clearly got the best of him at the finals. Mm-hmm. And so when he was announced second, of course I was feeling great about that. And, you know, Sean, after prejudging, I said the only pose that uh, he beat you in was rear double bicep. You're going to win. So I expected that. But um, it was uh, emotionally up and down, man. (laughs) Your 2020 was emotionally an up and down year for you, John. I mean, you scared the shit shit out of all of us. Um, And I know you've talked about it. How are are you feeling? I, You know, I feel great. It's – so I started back on May 11th. I had a blood clot that went to the left interior descending artery, which is the Widowmaker, which is not a good place for it to go to. And um, it's frustrating, you know. I have I have good blood work. I've had calcium score tests done. I have no calcification of arteries. Like I didn't expect it, you know. I, there was just no reason for me to expect it. Mm-hmm. And but it happened. It happened. And um, the blood clot unfortunately did some major damage to the bottom of my heart, the apex of the left ventricle. And, you know, I'll keep this real quick. But the first doctor, he was like, well, you know, you should your ejection fraction is 29 percent. You should get a a defibrillator put in your heart, because if you go into, you know, a poor rhythm, it can kill you, which is true. It can. And uh, you also have a blood clot since that part of the bottom of your heart's not not functioning right. Blood is just pooling up. You have a clot. Of course, that can go to your brain can go to your lungs, whatever. Anyways. I was devastated when he told me that um, because I had already worked my way back to feeling good. Mm-hmm. So when I went in there, I thought I'd feel great. Fast forward to my appointment I had in December with a new doctor. Um, I got a new doctor in Columbus. So fast forward to that appointment. He was like, 
your valves are perfect, your arteries are perfect. He said, um, your ejection fraction is climbing. It's back up to 35%. I would expect it to be 40 to 45% in six months. Then hopefully within a year, it'll be normal. He said, you know, the heart tissue that you have that's not damaged is extremely healthy and you're going to be fine. So, so we, we're making progress. You know, everything's moving in the right direction. That's good. I mean, obviously, you met Danielle in Orlando, and she's on. She's a cardiac nurse. So when she was like mesmerized by all the stuff you were telling us uh, when we were working out, and she's like, "Oh my god!" Like you know, when she heard what what happened. So put in the perspective, like a, a, a human being at your age, your heart extraction should be at what percentage? I mean, it's, it's not a hundred percent as you age, correct? That that diminishes and declines. Yeah. So what happens is your heart expands, it fills full of blood, then it expels blood. That's yeah. why they call it ejection fraction. And it doesn't expel 100% of blood. You know, if you're 55, 60, 65%, you're, you're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're not far off, obviously, um, getting there. And, and here's the thing. Like, I, have you limited anything you've done in terms of activity? Because training with you doing legs, it, I mean, you balls of the walls. You went, you didn't, it didn't seem like you're holding back at all. Well, the, so when it very first happened, uh, when I got out of the hospital, I was very, very tired. And the guy made an interesting comparison. He said... Your heart right now, it, it, it's equivalent to running a marathon, and then you're resting five minutes and running another marathon. That's mm-hmm. how tired your body is from the stress you <clears throat> from the stress you just put it through. So when I, I took 16 days off out of the gym, you know, they said three to six months for you to go back in the gym. And I said, Well, you know, I'll I'll get back in there and I'll just I know how to I know how to go easy, believe it or not. So when I went back in after 16 days, I was doing very, very light stuff. Very light. I'm talking I'm talking 30 pound dumbbells yeah. for benching, you know, things like that. And I wasn't using the Valsalva maneuvers. So I wasn't like holding my breath to push weight. I wanted to keep breathing normally. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly didn't do, didn't do anything that would create any soreness or any stress to my system. It was just basically moving my body. And I was very tired. I was very lightheaded. They had me on all these medications that were making me really lightheaded. So you know, I could do a set of, say, 10 leg extensions, and I would stand up and feel like I was going to pass out. So I worked my way up very, very carefully. But, Ryan, I got to the point where, you know, another probably eight weeks, I was normal. And I messaged Dr. Serrano. I said, hey, man, I said, is there any risk with me, like, training really hard? And so I met with him, and we talked, and he was like, I want you doing your cardio um, which I was, you know, I, I do cardio. He said, I want you to do your cardio as long as you're doing that. As long as you feel good and you're recovering, do what you always do. Because it looks to me like your heart can handle that just fine. So I, I took that as a green light. So I started training really, really hard. And I never looked back. And and honestly, I feel totally normal. Um, so I don't hold back at all. I do my cardio. I make sure I, I you know, I get the cardiorespiratory health stuff in. And I take my supplements and, and, and my medications and things like that, but I, I don't hold back, man. I, the thing is, is it's, I was, I laugh, I, you know, it's kind of a joke amongst my training partners, but so I take a beta blocker uh, for my, as one of my heart medications mm-hmm. and my pulse is really slow. Like it's usually in the fifties. So we trained, um, we trained back the other day and, uh, we were doing a lot of hard sets, just really hard sets. And I said, let's, let's, let's figure out what my pulse is. Cause they're all, sweating and yeah. you're like oh, you know, they're dying right so they take the pulse and it was 67 after a hard set and we're just kind of laughing because like i can handle i feel like i'm cheating using a beta blocker but it's it's good for my heart though so yeah i handle it just fine as you saw i mean of course of course i still feel pain and like 
muscle pain, you yeah. know, um, but I, I recover really well, actually. And I've, re- and I've trained really, really hard for many, many years. And the doctor suggested that, you know, my oxygenation of tissue is really, really high and my ability, my body to handle stress is really, really high from how hard I've trained. So he thinks it's been very beneficial uh, for me to, to be, you know, and it's played a big role in where I'm at right now. I love it. I mean, it's, you can't really just sit around unless you're forced to. So, um, talk about, so you obviously graze the stage of the Arnold. Um, what's, are you done competing or do you think you have one more in you? Well, you know, I, I haven't really told people this, but, um, before I had my heart attack, I was going to do one more show mm-hmm. and, um, I was actually feeling great, man. I was feeling fantastic when all this happened. So it really, you know, it really knocked me for a loop, but, um, I, I don't think it's in my best interest to do a show now to go through that kind of stress. I don't think the, what's the old saying The juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. So I, 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 as much as I love bodybuilding and, you know, from watching me at the Olympia, I'm a, I'm a fan first and foremost, I competed in 1985, my first show. So, um, I don't think it's probably a wise move. So I'm going to err on the side of caution and health. Especially, I got a family, so I don't think you're going to see me competing anytime soon. Unfortunately, talk about that element to me. So, going through all this, your wife obviously, I think was a was a huge. I mean, she was the voice for you. Um, I mean, she kind of gave yeah. us updates on what was going on. We all greatly appreciated that. Um, how how did she handle it? And how did you know? How how did she take all that? Well, um, I got to be careful. I get emotional real easy. Um, so back in 2005, I, I had a blood clot that nearly killed me, mm-hmm. and um, I lost my entire colon um, from that rare disease. If you want to look it up, it's called idiopathic myoentomal hyperplasia in the mesenteric vein. But um, she was a rock and um, always showed strength. And I used to ask um, her family members, you know, her brother and sisters, I used to tell them how amazing she was. And I, I, I just can't understand how composed she was. And they would say, well, that's what she did in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's not how she was when you weren't around. Like it was hard on her. I'm sure. And this was a similar situation. Like she was like a rock for me. She's, she's calming presence. She's, um, you know, she's, she's right there. She's picking me up, um, showing no signs of weakness, but you know, when I'm not around, I know it upset her. I know she's scared. I know she called some people very upset, but she's a rock man. Um, you know, she shows me that. So, you know, she was doing the updates and I, you know, nobody knew what was going on. I very easily could have just not told anybody. Right. I very easily could have done that. And, um, nobody had any inside information. I saw some headlines from some, what, from some YouTube videos saying they had the inside scoop or they had this stuff. Nobody knew what was going on, Ryan. Nobody. Right. Nope. I was talking to nobody. Um, and I couldn't, I was in so much pain in the hospital. I really couldn't right. like, I would, you know, have enough pain medicine in me right after they gave me some till I could tell Mary and she wasn't even allowed to see me in the hospital. Right. Cause all the COVID stuff. So I would, I, you know, I would tell a nurse, you know, tell her this, um, or whatever. And so anyway, so Mary was, I, I said, I want to keep people informed. I don't want to hide this. And looking back, um, I'm very glad I didn't because when I was able to tell the story on YouTube what happened, it made a difference in some people's lives. It might have saved their lives. So I'm glad I, I did share it. But I very easily could have just not even told anybody. Nobody would know at this point. But um, I'm glad I did. And she was, to answer your question, man, she was great. Um, she's This is two times I've scared the crap out of her now. 
And uh, but she hangs in there, man. What with the kids? I mean, obviously, daddy, uh, that's not easy on them either. Yeah, I don't know that they um, I don't know that they fully grasp the seriousness of the situation. Sure. Um, I mean, I know they seem scared. I know when they picked me up to the hospital, they're very happy to see me. Um, and that picture on the YouTube video, that was Jonathan reaching around to hug me uh, when I got in the car. But I don't know that they really fully grasped the, the, the uh, severity and the fact that they could have lost me. You know, when they put me in the ambulance, it was um, the only thing going through my mind was, man, I can't leave my kids without a dad. Like, I can't do that. Right. And that's that's what was just tearing me apart. Um, and the guy said, you know, I asked him, man, what's going on? He said, you're having a heart attack. Um, I said, okay. And then all I could think about was, man, I can't leave my kids. Like, this is, it's not what you want to do, Mm -hmm. right? As a father, you know, so, but, um, you know, I think my kids are, I, every once in a while, I'll kind of, I'll kind of pull the trump card on them when they're fighting. Like they're going to get me so upset. They're going to give me another heart attack and they chill out. Yeah, (laughs) So, so, I mean, obviously when, when the news hit, I think this is such a reactive industry. Everybody's mind went to the worst, right? They thought, oh my God, this is, this is, this is what we're been, be, we've become accustomed to is bad news. Um, thank God that wasn't the case during what you went through. Like, what did you learn about yourself? Was there anything you could have done to prevent it? I mean, obviously you, you did the YouTube video, which then helped others. So can you share some of those things here? Um, maybe things that, you know, could help prevent that or keep things in check. Yeah. So I'm always an open book about this stuff. I'll be hundred percent honest with you. And, um, so I had a number of, you know, pretty rude comments on my YouTube and, you know, people saying some kind of bad stuff about me. And I had all the people telling me that, Oh, it's your diet. You know, I used to eat two eggs in the morning and my two, two organic eggs apparently was what caused it. According to them, I had a count. So, you know, you can get your blood, you can get your lipid panel done, right? Mm -hmm. You can see your HDL, your LDL, you can see all that. That doesn't tell you what's really going on, though. Right. Um, I had a calcium score test done. That tells you what's going on in your arteries. So um, a perfect score would be a, the test for arteries. A perfect score would be a zero. Um, a concerning score would be, you know, 200, 300. Now we're getting pretty. That's yeah. you might want to check things out. I had a 13. I had three arteries that were a zero and one that was a 14. And um so every surgeon or every cardiologist that looked at that said, man, you're good. This is excellent. For someone your age, that's excellent. So for somebody to say my diet's what caused it and I had plaque buildup and all that, is it's just not true. And then, of course, you had the people saying, well, it's the drugs. Yep. All right. So, you know, look what it did to him. Well, you know, at that point, I had been on HRT for three years mm-hmm. only. HRT for three years. So in the first doctor, he said, you know, I think it's the testosterone you're taking. I said, well, you know, at an HRT dose for three years, I'm just curious why other guys across the world aren't getting blood clots then from it. Right. You know, why am I, why do I don't seem to be the only one? He said, well, I don't know. Um, so then um, Dr. Serrano sent him a truckload of studies and basically said, you really need to get educated on this subject. And here's some education on it. And, um, so he was like, okay, well, I didn't really, I wasn't really familiar with this, but the knee jerk reaction is, well, it must've been the oh, testosterone. It must've been, you know? So then I went to the other doctor and he was like, no, this has nothing to do with it. Um, the, there was some question of whether I had, um, an issue with clotting in my blood because of what happened with me in 2005, yeah. which is a little different kind of clotting. That was, um, a, a, a venous clot and not an arterial clot. 
So I had some battery of tests done that cleared me from that, but I honestly, I didn't get them all done. Um, so I don't, we can't really say for sure. I would love to tell you, here's what caused it. Don't do this. I would love to tell you that, but I can't tell you that because I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if I had to go back and change anything, so, okay, let's say I don't take any testosterone, which, which I did. And my level went down to zero. Yeah. And I felt physically, physically sick. And if you do any sort of cursory research, you'll see that a low testosterone actually makes you more prone to heart attacks. Actually, it's just the opposite of what you, of what, you know, some people say, okay, so if I didn't eat any whole eggs, would that have changed anything? No, probably not. My arteries were clear to begin with. So I would love to sit on here and give you a lesson and say, here's what I did. That was stupid. I would gladly admit it, but I really don't know. And, um, you know, so I don't, the things that I learned from these situations aren't so much physiological, they're social and they're psychological. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the thing happened to me in 2005 and I was inches away from dying there too, luckily when the vein burst, I was in the hospital and I didn't bleed to death. I would have easily bled to death if I was anywhere else, but in the hospital. And that was a very strong message to me that I took from that to value my friendships value my family. And the other message I got from that was, you know, there's not a lot of things that are really big deals. And at the time, Ryan, I was working in the corporate world and we had these massive projects that I was running. Um, and you know, you get into the corporate environment and people get crazy. They're trying to impress their bosses and they're trying to create all these issues and make things about to be big deals. So when I went back to the work, I had a different perspective. You know, I was, yeah, you know what? Is this hurting any customers right now? Is anybody losing any money? No. Then let's just come in tomorrow and fix it. I had a different perspective. It was a much more laid back perspective, which is much more consistent with how I am today. And it was um, things that you think are a really big deal aren't really that big of a deal. They're really not. And I learned that lesson. And, you know, what the thing I will tell you when this happened to me this year, it reinforced that lesson. It was. You know, in many cases, I'm very disappointed with what's going on in the world today. There's a lot of things that frustrate me. But at the end of the day, control what you can control. Take care of your loved ones. Enjoy life. Be a positive light. Still stand up for what you believe in. Right. Um, but a lot of things you think are really big deals just really aren't, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a it's a kind of a frame of reference thing, you know. Sure. For me, having been through those situations, it's easy for me to say, well, I've been through a big deal where I was, you know, close to taking a dirt nap and I didn't. So, but that's kind of the lessons I learned and it's, it's more, it turns me into what I hope is a better person and not a bitter person. And, um, you know, that's what every, every Sunday when I go to church, I was telling my friend, I said, I have to go, um, for, for one reason in particular. So during the week you see all these headlines and everything's bad and you, you get frustration and you build up. And then I get to church every Sunday and I say, man, I need to be a better person. And I kind of restart the week. Like I let the bad stuff go and I restart the week. Like let's start over, let's become a better person. And I just try to focus on being the best person that I can be and controlling what I can control and still stand up for what I believe in, but trying to figure out what's a big deal, what's not a big deal, try to, you know, so that's kind of the mindset. I love it. I think a lot of people need to listen to that, myself included. I mean, obviously, I went through some shit earlier last year through a divorce, and that's when I started valuing things more, uh, especially my daughter. And then now I'm kind of caught up in business again, and I need to I need to take a step back, you know, to your point and say, okay, yes, business is important, but it's not as important as sacrificing time with my loved ones. So 
I, I need to hear that um, for myself as well. Midday physique destroyer. Fish food. And we're back. Here we go. Oh, I think I need to eat something. My hands are twitching right now. Publicious strawberry splash. Cheers. What? As Ryan says, brick by brick. Some people know about, some don't. Obviously, coaching, training, grant supplements, Iron Rebel. Uh, Luke Carroll just you know informed me that you're you're behind that brand or part of that brand too. How do you then, right? When you when you look at the things that are extremely important in your life, which obviously your businesses are still important to you, but how do you structure your life in a way that you can give the right amount of attention to every detail that's going on? It's a challenge. Um, it's a challenge and it's a, it's a challenge that started when I was in the corporate world, because when I was in the corporate world, I was running large projects, which, you know, was very time consuming and I was still coaching people. I was up, you know, I would typically would have 40 clients. So I would work, I would come home, I would go to the gym, I'd come home from the gym and then I would work with clients all night until really late at night. And I would get up the next day and do it all over again. Um, and it came to a point where I knew that. I was not doing the best I could at either. Sure. So in the corporate world, I was distracted from what I was doing in the health and fitness world and vice versa. So it's like, you know what? I really need to make a decision. Like I want to be really good at something and I need to figure out which one of these paths I can take. And the way I thought about it was, you know, I had a really good reputation at the bank. If I leave, I could always come back. But in the fitness world, if I kind of disappear, People may want to hear what I have to say. They may not. Yeah. People come and go all the time in our world. I've, <laughs> I've seen a lot of them come and go. So I thought, you know, go ahead and take the leap and go into this world. And then I got moved into kind of this world full time, Ryan. And then I said, well, you know what? Now I can just turn the spigot on. I can just take as many clients as I need. I'm going, I got all this time now. 
That was also a mistake because what seemed like a blink of an eye, I had over 200 clients and I was back to getting up at seven in the morning, working till one or two in the morning. And I was like, okay, that was another mistake. That was a very poor choice on my part. And then my kids were born. And I was like, now this is really bad because now I'm not even going to see them grow up if I don't change some things. Yeah. So I reduced the client workload. You know, I had started, um, you know, I started a granite business as well. And, you know, what I try to do is I try to just be more than anything organized. Um, so, for example, um, during football season, I know there's a particular time when my kids have practice. And by the way, I coach football, too. Yeah. Um, so I know when that time is. I know when I got to prep for practice. I know what I got to do. And nothing takes that time away. I know when I have a very important granite meeting. I know when those meetings are. I don't schedule anything over them. I'm going to make those meetings. I know I've got to spend time with my wife. So we're going to have to make time on the weekend, maybe a couple of days during the week. So for me, it's just being regimented, almost like militaristic style, like military style. Like, here's what I'm doing from this time. Here's what I'm doing from this time and this time and making it work. Um, and you've got to be efficient with your time. You know, you the, the easy answer for me is just being organized. It's just putting st- what. OK, so first of all, what is it that's important to you? Let's stack rank it. Yeah. Now, let's take let's start from the top what's most important to you and let's put it in your schedule and then those things that are down on the bottom they may make it they may not make it right you know so that's kind of how i look at it no it's good i mean i think a lot of people even with the cell phones as distractive as they are they can be beneficial even to scheduling your life at times which is sad but i mean when you're as busy as, as you are as i am sometimes we rely on a calendar or militaristic type of, of a way to do things um you are in a, you and I are in the same situation as we put ourselves out there on social media, on YouTube, which then garners a lot of the negativity. So let's, let's talk about that because you have, what, like a half a million subscribers on YouTube, whatever the number is. It's an absolutely insane high. Out of that, you're going to get negative comments. So maybe when it first started, I don't know if it bothered you. Probably now you're probably immune to it. Um, but, you know, I said, you know, before we came on this, it's like not many people have bad things to say about John because you're a genuine human being. I think, you know, in, in terms of this world, the fitness world, dietary supplement world and stuff, like, yeah, there's been some people who fucked you over before. I mean, I think certain people know that. And there are people who, um, you know, say rude comments. So how do you deal with that being a good person, uh, being obviously a religious person that you are too, dealing with the negativity of, of somebody in your position? Well, you know, first of all, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. So the people that have screwed me over that I don't care for, I gave them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, mm-hmm. and they kept doing it. Yeah. And so that told me, well, this is the kind of person you are. And I, I, that's okay, but I just don't want to be associated with you. And I'm not going to have good things to say about you. I'm just going to go my way. You can go your way. Right. But I try to always, you know, some people have an, a, their, their style is more of you need to prove to me that you're worthy. I'm kind of the opposite. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt right. until you, till you show me that you don't deserve it. So I start right from the start with a positive belief in other people. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and the other thing is, again, that frame of reference, what's really a big deal? If someone goes on Instagram or, or uh, YouTube and they say I'm ugly, well, I can't really argue with you. I'm not that good looking. So I can't really argue with you. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. So it doesn't uh, it doesn't really bother me. And the frame, the frame of reference doesn't really bother me. The only things that bother me is when people attack my friends or my family. But other than that, um, it, it just doesn't bother me. I, I do remember a time, though, just just to be straight with you, 
I remember on MD years ago when people used to say things about me and used to bother me. And then one day I just kind of was like, why do I even care what this guy says? He, I don't even know who he is. He doesn't have like, like, I don't even know who he is. So why would I lose any sleep over it? So it doesn't really bother me. And, and honestly, I don't get too much. Um, I see other people's YouTubes. I see mine and mine's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Like it's not overwhelming. You know, I get a comment every day or two, but some people, man, they'll have like 50 comments in a row. They're negative. I'm like, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, it's crazy for sure. So it's not, it's really not that bad. And if someone is saying things are inappropriate, then I just, um, I like giving them the old shadow ban, right? Yep. I just click so no one can see their comments. And then that way, every time they come back, they're commenting. They think that people are seeing it, but they're really not. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the shadow ban function. If someone has a different philosophical opinion than me, I have no issues with that at all. You can you can believe what you want about how to bench press or how to do a dumbbell side lateral. That's fine. But if people start getting personal, I just I use the old shadow ban and I move on with my life. <laughs> I love it. Talk about the dynamics. I don't know how many people understand or, or know this even, but somebody like Sean Clearda, right? Wins 212 this year. He had you and Matt Jansen uh, in, his, in his corner helping him out. So you you did his training and Matt did his diet or was it re reversed? Well, I've worked with Sean on his training for about – this is our seventh year together now. Okay. So how does that dynamic work with, with you, know, you doing the training, somebody else doing the nutrition? Because I know sometimes coaches design training to go along side by side with nutrition to make sure obviously everything is synced up. So in that case, he's got two great coaches. You and Matt both are phenomenal coaches, people, et cetera. Is it tough for you? Is it easy for you? Well, ideally I like to do both because you do have – um, a synergy there, the way that the nutrition and training work together. But sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Like if you look at Terrence, mm -hmm. Terrence is the opposite. I do his diet, but he trains with Joe Bennett. Yep. So some people just have, you know, like look, a lot of people have Chris Aceto do their training. And um, like I give you an example, Sergio Oliva just started with me on training. Awesome. Chris Aceto does his diet. So sometimes it's just part of the industry. You know, there's been guys like Charles Glass that was a little more well-known for Training, there's guys like Chris, or yeah, training, guys like Chris Aceto, more well known for nutrition. That's just kind of a part of how things are now. And, you know, for me, it's just, it's just keeping an eye on what's going on. And, you know, I'm always asking Sean, are you, know, are you recovering okay? I mean, I'm asking him things that if there was an issue, would, it would kind of reveal itself to me. He's doing great. And, you know, the same thing with Terrence, you know, Joe's doing his training. So, you know, I'm going to try to make sure I'm fueling him up for his training. And, so, you know, it's, it's not, um, it does, it's, it's a little, it's a little different, but it's not that big of a deal. As, as long as you're paying attention and you know what to look for, um, then, you know, it can work just fine. Do you have to have conversations with Matt or, or Joe on that? Or do you just kind of get the information relayed back to you from, from Sean and Terrence? I mean, it depends on the relationship. Like, like I talked to some coach, other coaches more than others, but with Sean, we've kind of been doing it for so long. It just kind of takes care of itself. You know, Terrence is, I've been working with Terrence now for, um, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years. Um, but I see, um, I see what he's doing cause Joe posts it all the time. Yeah. So, so I can tell what he's doing. So I, you know, I don't really need to ask a whole lot. Um, you know, you just kind of have to have a general framework, what the person's doing mm -hmm. and in bodybuilding, the frameworks are pretty similar. So in other words, if I'm setting up a training program from somebody, for somebody, it's probably going to work. In the cases that it wouldn't work, it would be like somebody training fasted. Yeah, um, that'd probably be hard to make it through some of my workouts. But I know the coaches that are handling their diets 
aren't doing that to them. So a lot of the challenges that I would have as a training coach, for example, just wouldn't, they're just, they're not there because the other coach is smart enough to know that the approaches that don't work, they don't use them. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, so at a high level anyway. Terrence, is he the best peer poser in the game today? hundred percent without a doubt. Not even close. No, no, no. It's not even close. So you, at, no. at the Olympia, his his actual routine that he did. I know you and I both were, were excited about. It. You didn't. You hadn't seen that prior to the actual on stage, had you? Uh, I, I had seen some of it. Yeah. Okay. Did you? But the music. Did you know what the music was going to be? Yeah. Uh, it yeah. Was, it was awesome. It was. It, it was, was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was really. I mean, we all thought at the Arnold, like this this kid walks off the stage, like wow, you know that. I told Terrence when I when I was speaking to him, I was like, you know, the Arnold really kind of and people knew who you were beforehand, but now they really know who you are, and then. What I thought was interesting at the Olympia is what him and Breon were kind of going back and forth up there. And I don't know, you know if our listeners were, were streaming the pay-per-view, but there was a moment where Breon kind of gives him a little elbow shimmy, and then that's yeah. when the judge switched him. Uh, it was yeah. perfect timing, and that's when he got put in, you know, in the second. Steve, Steve says, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good stuff. Um, Bumstead's a freak. He's just, I mean, I think he's a very special person for, for yeah. Classic. Is he beatable? Absolutely. What's it going to take? What's it going to take to beat Chris? Because I think so many people are saying well, he's going to win win this division for for years and years to come. But what's it going to take to beat the guy? Well, Terrence has. So Terrence, they. <laughs> this is what really is really strange about classic. Terrence actually got measured taller at the Olympia, so we had to pull him down and get him under the weight limit. Huh. But he got measured taller, so now, in my opinion, Terrence had a very different package at the Olympia than he did at the Arnold. I think he was very improved. If you look at it in terms of sheer muscle mass, he probably gained two, three pounds of muscle. That's it. Imagine him with five pounds of muscle because now he at the taller height class. Now he can weigh five pounds more. If you put like, think about, think about that. Think of the difference between the Arnold and the Olympia. That was two or three pounds of muscle. Now imagine that being five pounds of muscle for next year. I, I, I'm telling you, um, Chris is phenomenal, phenomenal, but don't, but don't sleep on Terrence telling you, you heard it here, January 28th, 2021. I, you know, when I was talking to him, cause I told him when we had mine, I was like, I finished, I think you can finish, you know, top three. And he's like, I'm, I'm just gonna be happy with the top five. You know, he was very, uh, I mean, he wasn't like optimistic. He was just like very calm about it. And then he comes out oh, sure, yeah. walking away with second, which I mean is, is absolutely phenomenal. So Sean, um, the giant killer, I heard he's actually coming to train with you next week. He's he'll, really, he's, yeah, he'll be here. Uh, he'll be here Sunday. He'll yeah, be here in two days. He's excited. Yeah. I'm actually having a chat with him tomorrow, but what is it about Sean that makes him special? Uh, it's, it's the old school style. It's consistency and it's hard work. It's not someone looking for a study to prove he doesn't have to train hard. Mm -hmm. It's someone who says, I'm going to go out there and earn it. And he does it day after day after day. It's pure unadulterated old school mentality. I'm going to earn it every single day. I'm going to push myself every single day. That's his formula for success. He he looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it was (laughs) lights out. I had picked him prior, just conversations with him. Um, you know, that's that, I feel like that division is his, his to lose for years to come. I mean, with his, well, he, he, um, I, I mean, talking to him the last couple of weeks, you know, he always asked me obviously what I think. And I said, I think the show is between you and Kamal. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? And I said, I think the show is between you and Kamal. Kamal has made some improvements. He's bigger. Um, he put on a lot of muscle up through his upper body in particular. I said, George is phenomenal. Um, I don't think he's quite to your level yet. Um, 
I said, Derek, Derek is Derek. He's phenomenal until he has to make a weight class. And I love Derek, but years ago when Derek was an amateur, I said, Derek's going to win the, he's going to win the USA. He's going to get into a 212 show. He's going to win that. Then he's going to be in the top five. Now, all this is in two years. I yeah. said, he's going to do this one in two years. He's going to be top five to the Olympia. And then he's going to grow out of this class. And then within two years after that, he's going to be top six in the open. So he won the US, he won USA, just like I said. He won the 212 show, just like I said. He was in the top five. But Derek did not move up. I feel like if Derek moved up and he let his body grow into the beautiful frame and structure he has, he'd be the next William Bonac, but probably better. But he likes to stay in the 212 class. So I told Sean, you know, he's not, he's never going to have the winning look as a 212 guy. Put, let Derek, let his body grow into what it can become. And Derek turns into a very dangerous guy. Anyways, long story short, that's kind of how all the cards played out. Yeah, it's it was it was a really fun weekend. I think the highlight for me though was was I'd never seen fitness ever before uh, in person. It was mesmerizing, John. Like it's it's fun to watch. I I I you know follow the Open Classic two twelve. I admittedly don't follow a ton of the women's stuff because there's so many bikini competitors and, and there's just overwhelming amount of them. Um, but I was infatuated by fitness. Danielle and I both were like, oh my, like this is this is they're fun good. Stuff. They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, it, I mean to be able to do what they did while having to be as lean as they are, yes. I don't know how they do it. I, it's I, the most amazing thing the whole weekend. Like it is like, I mean, cause well, so, so explain. So during the day they do their, their posing routine, which is, is it similar to figure? Yes, it is a little bit. Um, yes. and then there's judging there. And then how much of their routine actually goes into the overall scoring? The routine is 66% of their score and the judging in the morning is 33%. Okay. So it's one third and then two thirds. So the routine is actually two thirds. Unbelievable! I would highly encourage people listening and watching this if you can find footage from the Olympia, especially hers uh, jumping off the cage was, I mean, obviously very cool. Um, and I thought Oxana's routine was off the hook too, yeah. man. I mean, I mean, Oxana and the girl who went first, I can't remember her name, but the girl who went very first, I remember when she went, I was like, oh my God, these routines are going to be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Oxana's routine was unbelievable too. I think it helped too. The production value of the Olympia this year was like on next level. It was it was like walking into a WWE event because I'm, a, I'm a, a former wrestler. Like that's the world I come from. Like me, I walked in with all the screens, the lighting, the music being as loud as it was. It made it cool to be there. Um, and yeah. I think I think they're probably going to be back in, in Orlando next year um, based on what I've been hearing. But – Bodybuilding for a while, it seemed kind of stagnant. It, it, the Olympia wasn't really sure, you know, not, no, not to discredit the former owners there, but it, it was a mess. Uh, there was a lot of stuff there that was kind of a mess. I feel like Jake and Dan, they have a good grasp on what's going on. Would you say yes. bodybuilding is back? Absolutely, man. And hats off to those guys. Um, hats off to those guys. Um, I, don't, I don't really know Dan real well. I don't really know Jake real well. And it's not not that my opinion means anything, but I got to give those guys a lot of respect, man. I thought they did a phenomenal job, and um, they certainly made me believers. Mm. Like, man, those guys did a phenomenal job. It was fun. If you can couple that with an expo, you know, if assuming COVID allows it to happen at some point, I mean, it it'll mm-hmm. be. A, I mean, it was a fun weekend the way it was, even with all the things going on. Like, it was the fir- first time in nine months I, I felt normal. You know, to be there, yeah. to be amongst friends. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it, yeah. it just it didn't. And I mean, I think it was an overall success. So let's uh, revert. We got we got to talk granite a little bit. I can't I can't let you go without talking to something. Like you have you were talking about all these different things that you are having in the works when we we're training together. What are you most excited about this year on the supplement line? Well, we have six health products in line right now, and um, three of them are pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have. Well, we actually have eight products too. We have uh, 
we have a plant-based protein that's I've been working on for eight months now, trying to perfect it. And um, I don't know if you've tried our peanut butter protein, but everybody's saying that's the best protein they've ever tasted. Why? I sent that one back to the manufacturer three times before they had it the way I wanted it. Yeah. Um, if you hear yelling, it's my kids. Um, and then my, my dog might start barking too. Yeah, you're good. Um, but um, so we've got a lot of health products coming. We've got um, – I'm working on a product that fights fatigue that's more for endurance athletes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty revolutionary. Nobody's doing it yet. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We um, Our business was excellent this year, even despite, despite COVID. It was – great um i think we've really got traction now and you know i don't know if you saw our non-stem formula the non-stem pump formula our formulas i still feel are top of the line yeah they're great uh, i mean they, you know, they so. well i think too because you guys are very selective about you know what retailers you do you don't you don't spend buttloads of money on marketing i mean you you let the formulas speak for themselves you obviously being the face of the company helps a lot um but you know plant protein so so let's, let's go back to the health products because a lot of people will hear that term health products and thinking oh great you're going to make something to combat covid yeah that's not the case right like it's you're probably working on um like a cardiovascular or a liver or things of that nature i'm assuming are, are part of that right um which, yes which makes sense considering who you are who you train and what the brand represents but you just you got your first like professional athlete right like i'm gonna say professional athlete that's outside of our world in an nfl football player how did that and the eagles nonetheless your favorite team so i mean how did that happen for you coincidence it was crazy so i i have some ends with the eagles i mean obviously i've trained there at their facility and i know they're i know several other guys um but i just happened to be talking to an agent that represents boston and he gave me his list of athletes and i saw boston and i was like oh i like this guy yeah <laughs> You know, Boston is, um, you know, he's like my height, you know, he's 200 pounds. He's a, he's an overachiever. He, um, you know, I think he was maybe a six round draft pick. Um, and he, had, and he's a workaholic, man. He's a gym, he's a gym rat. Yeah. So I thought he would be, I thought he'd be a really good fit. Well, it's cool because, you know, we haven't seen a brand, you know, sponsor an athlete outside of our world. That's not like, okay, let me say some, some brands are doing like more lifestyle athletes now, or, or maybe gaming. Um, but you know, I think the last athlete I can remember being sponsored by a nutritional company, like Sean Merriman, um, Brady Quinn, like, like EAS, like back in the day. And then the muscle farm was with Tiger Woods, but nobody's really done anything. They're always looking for big bodybuilders. And I think it, it, especially for your brand, it's, it's big to kind of bust out of this bubble a little bit. Cause I think we can get so caught up. Yeah. And bodybuilding, bodybuilding, bodybuilding that we forget that there are normal people, regular athletes need to take these things too. Um, what's what's the vision for Granite in 2021? If, you know, COVID, non-COVID, what, what would make you happy when the clock ticks midnight next year uh, for a year for you on Granite? Well, I mean, we have all the financial goals. I mean, we doubled in size last year. I'd like to double in size again. So you, you have all the financials. Um, but beyond that, um, you know, we had some struggles in the past, and I think, I, I mean, it was all directly my fault. I, I think I made some poor decisions, and people I brought onto the team, and I don't mean athletes. I just mean yeah. the company in general. Um, I've I, I made some mistakes. I learned from them. Our, our hiring practices are very different now. The athletes we bring on, the coaches we bring on, everything starts with the person's character and what kind of person they are. Mm-hmm. That's what it starts with. You will not see someone on our team who's a, a, what I would call a turd, you know, yeah, someone yeah, who's a yeah. – I don't care how many followers they have. Right. Ever since we've changed that model and we've went to a model of good people, good things have happened for the company. So my number one mission is to maintain that. Mm-hmm. 
It's to live that. It's we keep talking about the formulas are anybody who understands formulas understand these are top of the line formulas. I don't even need to talk about that. But beyond that, I want people to understand what kind of company they're supporting. You know, when they support us, it's good people. Mm-hmm. That's number one on my mind is keeping the, the integrity of the company, the right kind of people, the right kind of culture. Um, we're, we're really in a good spot right now. And I just want to maintain that. I feel like if we maintain that, Ryan, that the financial, that stuff will take care of itself. It's just maintaining the right culture, you know, the right relationships, you know, the stores I do work with will tell you that I do everything I can for them. Um, you know, so, um, it's really maintaining that kind of, uh, culture that means the most to me. So if we do that, I think the other things will take care of themselves. For sure. No, it's, it's great. And then let's talk about the clothing line just for a second since I'm wearing, wearing the hoodie, the zip-up. I got to talk about Iron Rebel a little bit. Like, are you, are you more behind the scenes there, um, kind of just yes. you know, giving more? Are you giving guidance? Are you just – or how what, – what, what role would you say that you have? It's a smaller role. It's more behind the scenes. Uh, Shelly, the owner, the majority owner, she's, she does uh, her, and she, she's, she's the one who calls the shots. And uh, – you know, we've got Luke and some other guys that um, carry out a lot of the marketing and do things like that. I'm more of a behind-the-scenes guy for Iron Rebel, honestly. It's great stuff. I mean, not only just, like, the apparel, but today I used – I haven't worn elbow sleeves in freaking years. Today I wore the elbow sleeves. I'm excited to wear the knee sleeves because my knees are shot, and I'm not – I mean, I'm going to turn 34 on Monday, but I feel like I'm 60 sometimes. So um, what else – I mean, is there something else – is there anything else you're involved in, John, that I'm not – I mean, training, dad, husband, granite, Iron Rebel? Well, so t- – so two things. Um, actually, one of them I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go because we have a dog training class. Okay. So I'm involved with training training my puppy. Yeah. So the other thing I do is this year I'll actually be coaching two different football teams. Nice. That's that's that that's a very time consuming commitment. Oh yeah, yeah. For so sure. I'll be coaching my I'll be coach. Oh, it's so from three to five I'll be coaching the seventh grade here in Pickerington, and then from six to eight I coach the youth league, um, which the youth league here in Pickerington is insane. Like. If people, if if you guys don't know me, if there's one video I can tell you to watch, just go to my YouTube and find the video that's something like seven best plays for Pickerington. And it's highlights from my football season as a coach. It's it's the team highlights. If you watch that, you are going to be amazed at how good my kids were this year. You'll be amazed. If you watch that video, you will think, I'm glad I watched that video. Yeah. So I'm a dogged football coach, man. I study football more than you would more than you can imagine. Good I put you. a lot of time into studying football. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you're getting at least seven hours of sleep a night, John. Well, I'm working really hard now to build training programs and other things so that when football season comes, I can really focus on that because I can tell you that I, I'm i incredibly focused on football. Love it. So. Football, husband, dad, business owner, you got it all going, dude. Hey, thank you for, so much for making the time coming on. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. My pleasure. What stands out most about this episode to me is – is what John said about, you know, putting a priority on things that are in your life that are important and then realizing that everything else, it, it really just doesn't matter that much. And I said to John, you guys heard, like, I need to hear that because I've just been so caught up in running both my businesses that I'm running like a fucking chicken with my head cut off. And I need to take a step back and understand, like, hey, here's the things in life that are important to me. And it's my wife. It's my children. I say children because I have a baby girl on the way. You know, it's my friends. And uh, work it will get done. Work will take care of itself. I'm, I'm, I'm wired that way to get shit done. But uh, pleasure to have John on. It's always great to talk to John. I cannot wait to get back out and train with him again. If you guys want to watch our training video, go over to his YouTube channel and check out 
the training video that we did, uh, Danielle in that video was 32 weeks pregnant, and uh, she kept up with us on a leg day. Something I've always wanted to do with John was a leg day. So make sure you check out John's YouTube. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, right here. Fitnessinformer.com is the web address.